You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Thomas Frank is the author of What's the Matter with Kansas and The Wrecking Crew. He's also a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Thank you for joining me, Thomas. You got it, Rick. It's a funny old world, isn't it? <laughs> it gets stranger all the time. It, it does. Your latest column about health care in the predator state is a really interesting column to me because at its core, it's about reading and the ability of anybody who reads to turn whatever they read into whatever they want it to be. Yes, well, that's true. But I, 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 I don't know if the people in question actually read the the book in question, or if they just saw the title, or if they just liked the you know the word you know that we're talking about that that you will introduce to your to your listeners here in a second. Uh, that book would be The Predator State by Kenneth Galbraith. Yeah, and Kenneth Galbraith is is a famous liberal economist. Yet he's become something of a talking point for the Republicans. Uh, tell us about this. This well, is really it's not, interesting. It's not him per se. It's this word predator and the concept of the predator state. They uh, uh, what what happened is I I read the book when it came out uh, last year, and it was a uh, it's a book about um, the Bush administration and the sort of. Uh, uh, what would you say the the long term decline of conservative uh, doctrine from you know the true believing conservatives of the Reagan era to the uh, more sort of you know predatory functionaries of the Bush era? That's that's the the, the story of the book, and it's about you know the, the how conservative uh, uh, governments became you know this this thing, this concept that he has the predator state. Okay. How did we get the predator state? What is the predator state? That sort of thing. It's an interesting idea, right? Uh, and uh, during the health care debate, the Republican, certain Republican senators, in particular Charles Grassley uh, from Iowa, has started. They've started referring to the um, the uh, uh, public option, the you know the the, the demand for a public option by uh, certain liberal Democrats as. Uh, this would be predatory, okay? And they, they say that you know government is not a competitor. Government can't be a competitor. Government is a predator. This is a very interesting use of of the language because they've they've turned the idea completely on its head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so tell us about that because I think it's a really interesting uh, uh, um, example of of how language lies <laughs> or people <laughs> maybe. You know, it sounds sounds the same. Concept is largely the same, mm-hmm. but it's completely stood on its head. Okay, here's how it goes. The uh, according to in, in, in Galbraith's book about the predator state, the state the government becomes predatory when it becomes uh, a business, when it becomes the arm of industry, when it starts to function like a business, and. Uh, uh, Long story short, when it gets captured by private industry, when the government is captured by private industry and used for industry's own, uh, you know, purposes rather than for public purposes. So, um, good example: uh, the uh, Medicare uh, uh, prescription drug benefit, which they signed into law in 2003, and this was, as you you remember, the story it was lobbied for by Big Pharma. 
Uh, it sounded like a public-minded uh, thing. You know, there was an outcry for uh, prescription drug benefit in Medicare. But, but they, uh, the way it was written, the government was not allowed to uh, negotiate prices with the manufacturers of the drugs. So therefore, those big uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, uh, got an enormous public subsidy, an enormous subsidy at public expense via the state. And no big surprise, there was a lot of question as to whether Big Pharma had actually just written the law themselves, you know. Uh, and so that's, a, that's an example of a public, you know, the public function of the state being given over to a private company, the state becoming essentially predatory. Okay, so the idea, Galbraith's idea is when the state is, is, is run like a business or run for the, for, the, for, the, for the good of business, that's when it's predatory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is, which is in keeping with our larger idea of what predation is, you know, when, <laughs> what predators are in the economy, you know. It's private industry, it's, it's people ripping each other off, that sort of thing. Uh, but the, but when the, the the conservatives who've been opposing the public option use the term, they use it in exactly the opposite way. What they mean is when the state is most public minded, when it's looking out for the good of everybody, that's when it's most predatory. Okay, so when it does things like that prescription drug benefit, that's you know a complete and utter ripoff and just a handout to big pharma. No, no, that's okay. That's that's fine by their standards. <laughs> it's when if they had negotiated the price, if they had done it right, that would have been predatory. So they've just flipped the definition completely on its head. Well, I think that a lot of people are quite frightened. I have to admit, I'm frightened that the. Um, uh, health care bill will become a duplicate of, of this uh, Medicare prescription benefit. That's my real fear. There's a, there's a chance of that because you th- think about it. If you don't do – what scares the industry, the insurance industry, but the public option is that it would um, – that the, that the government, you know, if you're an insurer and, and you're just insuring everybody and you're not, you don't have all the overhead associated with, you know, weeding out the people who are risky, you know, which is what the private sector does, what insurance mm-hmm. companies do. And that's very costly. If you get rid of the, all that overhead, you can provide insurance very, very, very cheaply. Mm. And uh, that, would, uh, that would, be, it would be very difficult to compete with that. Now, would that be predatory, or would that just be like unusually fair? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Now, if, if you take that away, if you, you rule that out, and that's not going to be part of, the, uh, you know, part of the legislation, and instead the legislation mandates that everybody has to get health insurance from a private provider, uh, and there's no effort to, you know, regulate the costs, and instead government is going to subsidize this, yes, then you're going to get exactly what you got with the prescription drug benefit, which is, you know, they've just, they, they have managed to pass the whole thing along to we the people. And yes, that would be a textbook example of the predator state in action. Well, I, as far as I know, I believe that the... Uh Public option has been introduced to the death panel in the Senate Finance Committee. <laughs> yeah, the death panel had their way with it. You know, <laughs> it, got, it got its sentence. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not. A, I'm not much of an insider here, and I don't know what's going. What's going to happen? Uh, I hope they they do some kind of public option. I would like to see that. There's a movie based on your book. What's the matter with Kansas? Tell us about this. It's a fascinating idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's uh, some friends of mine in Chicago, Joe Winston. Uh, uh, went they they spent the last five years you know going to Kansas 
intermittently every couple of months and filming people and talking to people. And it's, so it's a documentary of what's the matter with Kansas, but it's very interesting because it doesn't follow the book precisely. I mean, you can't really follow the book. The book doesn't have characters. It doesn't have a narrative arc. You know, it's not a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what they did is they, um, the filmmaker... Um, and his team, they, they, they went to Kansas City, they interviewed a lot of the people that I talked to, looking for characters that they could, you know, whose lives they could follow. And they found some people, uh, two uh, families of very, very conservative people that both belong, both go to this one church in Wichita, this very, very conservative uh, pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another guy, the third character that they followed is the uh, head of the Kansas Farmers Union. And he's, he, he wouldn't admit it, but uh, he's very liberal. Uh, that word, though, is kind of toxic there. He calls himself a populist without a party in the, in the movie. Uh-huh. And all three of these characters are really great. And uh, the, the uh, filmmakers uh, decided that they would do this thing without voiceover, without narration. It's just the characters speaking and just the characters doing things, going to rallies, going to church. And uh, uh, the, one of the families has a, a girl in high school, and she goes off to college at the end of the movie. She goes to Patrick Henry College, which is this, uh, it's a college for homeschooled kids that's <laughs> here in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. It's, it's an extraordinary uh, story. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 movie is fascinating because it's it's not heavy-handed. They deliberately chose to go the sort of the opposite way that all other you know left-wing documentaries are going these days, where mm-hmm. there's you know there's a sort of Michael Moore style character or voiceover or, or director, um, you know, telling you what to think and doing these very sort of ham-handed and obvious things. And they did exactly the opposite. And the funny thing is, and this is sort of one of the things that I, well, I was torn about this when I was writing the book, but the, the conservative families that they follow, you don't agree with their, or I don't agree with their, and obviously the filmmakers don't agree with their politics and with their views, but they're really good people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's this, you know, this effort to understand them. And when I was writing the book, I, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I also, you know, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to editorialize, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to do the H.L. Mencken thing at the same time, and so I was always torn, you know, should I go this way and, and talk about these people and, and how really great they are, you know, I, and I still love Wichita, Kansas, and mm-hmm. Kansas City, my hometown, uh, but then on the other hand, you know, it's this place that's caught in a kind of uh, idea of itself, an idea of the world that's, you know, just profoundly mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, you know, I wanted to, to, to achieve both of those things. And the, the filmmakers really, uh, they really did it. It's, it's, and also, the, the, this is the crazy thing. I'm always trying to tell audiences this, uh, and they don't believe me, but Kansas is a very beautiful place. It's very scenic. You know, it has mm-hmm. like zero tourism. Mm-hmm. No, nobody goes there. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a really great place. A good place to chase tornadoes. You know, I have. I grew up there, right? I mm-hmm. lived like the first 20 years of my life there. I never laid eyes on a tornado. I'm the only member of my family who never has. And when I was writing the book, I said to myself, okay, if I'm spending all this time in Kansas, I'm going to go out of my way to see a tornado. And so one day I was down there. Uh, you know, working on something in Kansas City, and uh, the, I was listening to the radio, and they had you know huge storm. Uh, brewing, and there were going to be the next day. There were going to be terrible tornadoes, and so I said to myself, well, "I'll go down to Wichita. I'll get a room in the, the, the you know tall hotel building down there. It's like 15 stories high, and I'll see a tornado from there." 
And I went down to Wichita, and the weather was crazy and everything, but there were no tornadoes. Instead, one hit my dad's neighborhood in Kansas City, where I had been the day before. <laughs> so I missed it again. Well, we'll wish you better luck with uh, your tornado chasing, and we'll speak to you. I'm actually going to Oklahoma tomorrow, Rick. Uh, Maybe I'll see one down there. Yeah, and we'll speak to you next week. Uh, Thank you for speaking with me. I've been speaking with Thomas Frank. He's the author of What's the Matter with Kansas and The Wrecking Crew. Thanks for joining me, Thomas. You got it, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.